0: Hey, family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, his gospel, and what living life in his kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. You your owner's manuals, man. Um, we're going to be looking at Romans 5. Katie in the back, and probably Roman 6, and 37 other scriptures as we just kind of move around a little bit, but um, God is good. Last week, I did four services in a row in Texas, and uh, it was glorious. It was beautiful. It was tiring, but it was beautiful. Like, Pastor, you do this every week. It was great. Next weekend, I'm preaching in the Bronx. I will be here. I fly in Sunday morning at 1015, God willing. So I'm coming from the airport at about 95 miles an hour, me and West Wolverton, so I'm told so Wes, you be at the you be at the airport with the doors open, I'm coming. <laughs> jumping in that <laughs> jumping straight through the passenger door and we're just gonna take off and come straight to the church. But so preaching a Saturday night service in the Bronx and flying back out early Sunday morning just to be here. Because I wanna be here. Man, we've been talking about identity, I think this is week six or week seven, something like that, and we're just going to keep digging in and uh, just going a little bit further into who we are. This is the rabbit hole that has no end, by the way. When you start talking about who we are in Christ, the only way you can get all of it is you learn it all, but the truth is we're never going to learn it all. I even believe in eternity, we'll be learning things about the Lord, right, because he's just so immense, and so here we are. Let's look at Romans 5 uh, and 19. Um, Romans 5 and 19. Romans 5 and 19. I do want to say this. If you got one of these in front of you and you haven't filled one, out, even if you've been coming here for almost two years, I still encourage you, please fill one of these out because we are just simply updating our information and we want to make sure and have all your information. Okay? So if you did it on the phone, if you scanned the QR code and you did it that way, we already got it. But if you did one of these last week, don't do it. But if you haven't done this through via hard copy or... The QR scanner, please fill one of these out for us. I would really, really appreciate it just so we can make sure to have up-to-date information. Up-to-date information. All right. I think I did everything my wife asked me to do until I get home and I got another list. Y'all ain't nobody. Anyway, every time my wife says, hey, I got an idea. I'm like, you got a project. What, what is it, babe? Tell me what you're you feeling. We're going to go with it. All right. Romans 5 and 19. I probably need to turn there myself. Romans 5 and 19. I love the gospel, man. The gospel is so rich. Romans 5 and 19. Romans 5, Apostle Paul does a comparison between Adam and Jesus. Everybody say Adam and Jesus. Come on, say Adam and Jesus. He does a comparison between Adam and Jesus, or as Paul would go on the right, he compares the first Adam with the who? Last Adam, not the second Adam, or they could be third and a fourth, but he compares the first Adam with the last Adam. I, I would love to read all of Romans 5, um, but I don't have time. But I would say in your devotional time, you should try reading Romans 5, 12 through the end of that chapter. It is absolutely beautiful as he compares them. I'm going to read Romans 5, verse 19. Man, I just so much do I want to read. How about this? Can we just go to verse 17, Katie? Let's read 17 through 19 and, and, and we'll hang out there for a little bit. Romans 5, 17 through 19. If by one man's offense, everybody say that's Adam. You see it has a lowercase man there. If by one man's offense, death reigned through that one man. And by the way, that one man affected every man coming behind him. Because why? We were in who? Adam. Right? So because we were in Adam when he sinned. His sin affected us, okay? Death reigned through the one. He says, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of what? Righteousness Righteousness is a what? Righteousness is a what? It's a gift. It's a free gift. So it is a free gift of righteousness. You will reign in life through the one. Now, this one is capital one. You see that? So that is Jesus Christ. Therefore, that kid just received the free gift of righteousness. You feel that what happened? I mean, when you get it, it just, every, everybody receives it differently. Different manifestations, same gift. All right. Verse 18, therefore, as through one man's offense, that's Adam, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's, capital man here, even so, that's, that's Christ. Even so, through the last Adam's righteous act the free gift came to all men the same way all men were condemned by what the first Adam did now because of what the last Adam done. All men, I just want to make sure you read that with me in the Bible. All men now, this results in justification of life. Watch this. For as by one man's disobedience, who was that speaking of? Look at all you Bible scholars. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Many is another way that Paul would say all, because that's everybody. Many were made sinners. So also now by one man's, notice the capital M, one man's obedience, many will be made what? How many is many there? Many is all. The same many that were condemned up under sin, now that same many are now justified and made what? Righteous, because righteousness is a free what? Free gift. Thank you, Jesus for truth. And I love the gospel. Second Corinthians 11 and three. Let's read that one. 2 Corinthians 11 and three. 2 Corinthians 11 and three. Is that right, Holy Spirit? I think it's right. I think it's right. Then I want to read some Romans 6, too, man. I got so many Bible verses I want to read. 2 Corinthians 11 and 3 says this. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He says, I fear for you, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his what? Craftiness. So your minds may be corrupted from the what? From the what? That is in Who? That anyway, that right there makes me want to throw my Bible, I'm telling you. Romans 6. Now I'm gonna do this specifically this way. Romans 6. Let's read Romans 6 and I want to read all of Romans 6, but I can. 6 and verse 6, and I'm gonna read down probably to verse 12, because I got a long way to go and a little bit of time to get there. Romans 6 and 6, down to verse 12. Paul says, know this, that your old man was crucified with who? I don't care how young you are. You know, you got an old man. Mm-hmm. Some of those, your wives are like, I told you, I told you. Knowing this, that our old man or our Adam nature or our fallen part of us was crucified with Christ. Why? So that the body of sin might be done away with. Pause. So were we crucified with Christ? Is that future tense or past tense? That's past tense. So if we were crucified with Christ, then what happened to your old nature? So I just want to make sure, I want to make sure we understand this. It is impossible for you to have two natures. (laughs) Anyway, stuff we learn in church. I'm sorry, brother. I just manifested my old nature. You can't have two natures. You got one. Okay. So has the body of sin been done away with? Okay. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been free from what? Sin. You say, but I'm not dead. No, you died in Christ. And the way to be free from sin is to recognize that you died to it. How how effective or how effectual was Christ's death? towards sin bury to that same degree. We're dead to it for he who has died has been free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also what live with him, which I heard. Nobody ever tell me when I was growing up in church, always heard dead, 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 dead. And they left me in a tomb. No, that's, I mean, gosh, man, you can't experience resurrection without a tomb or a cross, but understand it doesn't end there. Now we live with Christ. Knowing this somebody say I got to know it verse 9 knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead will never die no more death no longer has dominion over him and by the way if it doesn't have dominion over Christ guess what why because you are aware we're getting it Matthew we're getting it for the death that is the death the one death that Jesus died for the death that Jesus died. He died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. You ready for this? For all. Ready? Likewise, Matthew also, Peter also, Catherine also, Jocelyn also, Joshua also. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to what? Sin but alive to who God, how in Christ Jesus, our Lord verse 12, ready for this. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. I want to say this to you today. A lot of the struggle in being a Christian in America, most of us, we don't struggle over what's true. We struggle because of what we've been taught, Right. We don't struggle over what's true. We struggle over what we've been taught. I have been on the phone this week with three pastors, all of them, which is good because I, w- I was that way too, probably five years ago. We're wrestling with truth and the gospel sounds too good to be true, but the reason we struggle is really because of what we've been taught prior, right? I had a conversation with a gentleman this morning. And I said, we cannot let the scripture pigeonhole Jesus in a corner, But you better let Christ teach you what the scripture means rather than letting just the scripture try to tell you what Christ means. Because if you go to scripture alone and say, well, this is what Jesus is and you can do that. And if you use the right contact lens or lens, you might end up in a healthy place. But the truth is we never end up in a healthy place pursuing Christ that way. Rather, let Christ be the lens through which we view scripture. We. Matter of fact, right now, personally for me, most of the places that I'm struggling right now, even in my own walk with Jesus, the struggle is there because of what was put in me as a young boy. Things that I have been taught. And then when I'm actually introduced to the gospel, the actual too good to be true good news, I say, yeah, but this scripture says, they say, yeah, but this scripture says And then we say this, it doesn't matter what Jesus says anymore because the scripture says. Well, who is the word of God, Jesus or the book that we tote? It's quiet up in here, up in here. Jesus is, unless we have a Christological lens, through which we view the scripture, everything gets twisted. And I grew up thinking, you know what, I was a, as we we've been over this many times, I was a sinner saved by what? Grace. Which, by the way, please show me that Bible verse. Dear sinners saved by grace. It, it, it's not in the Bible. And so I would hear this every week, Matthew. We're just sinners, praise God, saved by grace. And that is an identifying statement. I said, I am a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. And because I received and believed the lie that I was a sinner as my identity, saved by grace, then I was a sinner saved by grace that I kept on doing what? Sinning. Because by nature of that declaration over my life that I received, that I am a sinner. I was empowered to sin. Even though Paul vehemently debunks that in every epistle. That sin has been dealt with 100% of the time. Our issue is this. We, We are trying to become who we've always been meant to be. Your struggle really isn't your past. It's from this point on, how can I become who Christ says I am? My son told me one time, he said, dad, he said, I want to be a man. (laughs) Guess what I told him? Keep living. Now, he wasn't talking about paying bills and buying grocery and paying taxes. He's really talking about his body. I want to grow up. I want to be a man. I said, son, you don't got to do nothing to be a man. Because God put inside of you everything you need for your body to grow. You, when I said this, I said, honor, you are slowly becoming who you already are. Listen, I said, you are slowly becoming who you already are. You know what the church has done for the last 2022 years? We're just slowly recognizing who we've always been meant to be. Remember, the creator, our father, the creator reserves the right to tell his creation who it is and what it was meant to do. Instead, we let life tell us that. We let our jobs tell us that. We let how much money we make tell us that. Well, I grew up in a trailer park, so I'm of this. I grew up in this neighborhood, so I'm a this. My parents were doctors and lawyers, so we're this. Well, my mom works at a grocery store, so we're this. Come on, this is real life. My skin skin tone is this, so we're this. And we end up getting all these labels from life, and we never go back to the owner's manual, to Emmanuel, and say, Lord, who did you make me to be? What did you say about me? What did God announce over humanity when he made them? He said they are very good. So we were good from the start. Listen. Listen. Religion has now made us to perform for God versus working with God. Now, we try to if I if I dot my eyes and cross my and, you know, I get, I get perfect church attendance, and I don't cuss, you know, anymore. And me and my wife don't have any passionate conversations, and I'm reading my Bible faithfully. Then I'm doing good, and then God is with me, but really I'm performing. Because I think if I get everything right, then I'm a good son or daughter of God. As if my position as God's son or daughter can be lost What, tell me anything that God has ever purchased that ever got foreclosed on. I'm going to say it again. Tell me anything our heavenly father purchased that has got foreclosed on. Scripture says you were bought with a price. And I promise you, our God makes good on what he buys. Our salvation was extremely fragile and it was fragile because of what we have been taught. So we were never secure as being a son. How would we feel as parents if our kids came up to us and said, Peter, I don't, if, if, if Shiloh came up and said, I don't really feel like, I mean, are you my dad today? Because you were upset with me yesterday. Are you still my dad? Can I still go to the cabinets and get food? We would feel horrified. We would be heartbroken. Yet we treat our father that way. As if our sonship is actually optional. Come on. Jesus, man. I so want to introduce people to a gospel that is worth their breath. Listen to what Paul goes into trying to teach Rome who they were. And thank God for his letters, man. Thank God for his letters. Paul, there's places Paul couldn't go personally, but he would send a letter and conviction would hit them. And then they would get convinced of righteousness. So Paul does a comparison between Adam and between Christ because they were struggling in their identity. And he says, essentially, let me help you. One man's offense, because of one man's offense, death reigned through all. So watch this. Here we have Adam. Adam. Here we have J.C., Jesus Christ, or I'm going to put L.A., the last Adam. One man's offense led us all to what? Death. This is what his, watch this, his disobedience led to death. You didn't have a choice. One man's obedience led to what? What's what he said. He said, this one man's disobedience led us all to condemnation. This one man's obedience led us to justification. I think I spelled that right. Or, what would you say? Life or, what's the big word? Righteousness. I want to say this, once you recognize you're righteous in Christ, you can never become unrighteous. How did we get here? The unrighteousness of Adam, what he did, but the, the obedience of Christ led us back into a place of righteousness that is eternal. And according to scripture, you can't lose this boy. Am I going to lose it today? Am I going to lose my relationship with God today? Am I going to lose my relationship with God today? I'm going to lose my relationship today. Oh, I cussed in traffic. Oh, lost it. Oh, watch something. I wasn't supposed to. Lost it. And then we go, and we go into penance mode. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't saying anything. It's quiet up in here today. We are not convinced that we are righteous in Christ. Now, if you don't like, if you don't like the fact that you were made a sinner because of what Adam did, because you didn't have a choice in the matter, you didn't choose it, but yet it still was you, then you're really not going to like the gospel. You're really not going to like the gospel. Because I didn't have a choice as to whether or not, I I didn't even know I was around at the time. I'm just, I'm swimming in Adam. I'm swimming in Adam. Right? But what he did affected me. So I inherited death because of Adam's disobedience. I inherited condemnation because of Adam's disobedience. I was considered unrighteous because of Adam's disobedience. And now because of Adam's disobedience, do you know how most people live their life? They live by what the scripture would call laws or they live their life because of rules or regulations. I don't have time to write even religion on there. And we live these life jumping through these religious hoops, trying to find acceptance or favor or love from God when he's saying, you already got it. Why do we have it? Because of what Christ Jesus has done. Now, because of the obedience of one, I have what? Life. The disobedience of one gave me death. Did you physically do anything to inherit death? Where did you get it from? The disobedience of the one. Did you physically do anything to inherit condemnation? No. Where'd you get it from? The disobedience of the one. Did you physically do anything to inherit unrighteousness? No. Where'd you get it from? The disobedience of the one. Now, here's where the gospel becomes really, really good news. Thank you, Apostle Paul. I didn't physically do anything to inherit this life. It was the obedience of the one. Notice this. It is not my obedience that gives me life. It is not my obedience that justifies me. It is not my obedience that gives me righteousness. It is the obedience of the one. Did you hear that? If by one man's offense, death reigned through all, how much more so now by the obedience of one, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, will not they all reign in life? Right? Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all, which resulted in justification of life. If by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. I want you to be so convinced and righteous that even after your most horrific sin, you can say, man, that was bad. But I know that's really not who I am. I'm still righteous. How would your kids feel if they thought they could go from being your kids every time they spilt something or made a mistake? Yet, we as Christians actually believe that our relationship with God is that way. We miss it. If it wouldn't work in our relationship, I assure you, it doesn't work in his toward us. And I want want to say this. Most of us have more faith in what Adam did than we do the finished work of Jesus. Because even after, because of religion, even after we put our faith in Jesus and we're now considered righteous, then, if we sin again, we think we go back to being unrighteous. That means you believe the unrighteousness of Adam can untie, can undo, can untether the righteousness of Christ. But did you hear what you just heard? See law, pause comment, think about what you just heard. The unrighteousness of Adam cannot undo the righteousness of Christ Jesus. This is really good news. You don't know it, but you had a blood transfusion. Part of your born again experience is that something was shifted inside of you. And we didn't even know it. I, I am so tired of trying to perform to prove my, that I'm a son. Anybody else tired of that stuff? Tired of weightlifting, trying to perform? What if we would learn just to be? Righteousness is a be word before it ever is a do word. Because remember, we are not human doings. We are human right? It's not the do attitudes. It's known as the be attitudes. The Bible doesn't say do ye holy as he is holy. It says be ye holy even as he is holy. What was Adam trying to do, boy, after he fell? Oh my God. Now I got to try to perform because I know he's going to come and see me today in the garden. Now I got to try to perform. No, 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 no. Just learn to be a son. I want to read this to you. This is... Why righteousness is really, really powerful. Has anybody ever struggled with sin? Other than than the Native Americans evidently here? See, I live in South Edmond. The folks in North Edmond, y'all don't struggle, but us folks in the South, we definitely struggle with it. Our problem is we don't know. He says, know that your old man, your old man was crucified with Christ. So all the stuff that I really hated about my life, he said, if you really see it, then you'll see it this way in the death. And in the burial, and in the resurrection, what a horrible cross. Mighty God so much, draw. In the cross of Christ, all that stuff was added to the cross, all your fear, all your shame, all your sin, all your struggle, all your addiction, all your death, all your condemnation, all of your unrighteousness, all of the following the rules and all of the performance, all that stuff was found in the cross of Christ. And Christ assumed it all into himself. And guess what he did with it? He took it to a tomb. And Jesus was saying, Lord, Father, God, I see everything that my brothers, your children, inherited from the first Adam. Everything they're embarrassed about their life, I see it, but I'm going to assume it all to myself. And then, everybody say this say the the Christian life, come on, say the Christian life is not simply about a changed life, rather, it's about the exchange, life. Come here, Christ Jesus. Come here, Adam. Sorry, bro. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. It ain't your fault. Look, look, look at the congregation. for me. So this is Adam. Everything that Adam. Now you can't wear this jacket because you might bust it. This is an extra small, small, extra small, extra small. Which, by the way, Brandon, uh, I love is it Isaiah. Was that his name? Your son? So. He came up to me. I gave him a fist bump, and uh, uh, you, you guys don't know the other Isaac, but Bishop was—he like, he said, "Y'all look so much alike." I was like, "I know. We look alike. We look alike." You want to wear my coat? This is a triple small, bro. But anyway, everything that was on Adam—all the—all the stuff that Adam wore—it was put on me. I didn't choose it. It was just—it was put on me. It was put on all humanity. There's a lot of bad stuff in there. A lot of bad stuff in there. It was put on me. It was put on me. So there was this, I don't know what they call. I don't know if the word is transfusion, but I, I, I inherited what you had, what Adam had. But when you read the writings of Paul, when I tell you the Christian life is not just about a change life, it is about the exchange life. Let me read this to you. This is Isaiah 61. Listen to this. Verse one, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Christ Jesus, really. The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captive, opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. Now, this is all the righteousness of Adam, the justification, I mean, Christ, the, 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 the beauty of Christ, the purity of Christ, the confidence of Christ, the security of Christ. It's all in Christ. I was used to wearing what Adam put on me. Listen to the exchange. Listen to the exchange. Now we come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for their what? Where would you get ashes from? Where do you get beauty from? If I had a a billion dollar mansion that got burnt down. But I had a $500 shack. Which one of those is more important at the moment? But hold on, it was a billion dollar mansion. He says, this is what our God says. He says, listen, the the Christian life is not just about the change life. It's about the exchange life. I want to exchange and give you my beauty for your. Who would give you something beautiful for ashes? Nobody. But God says, I'll do it. Come on, Taylor, real fast. He says, I'll do it. I'll make that exchange with you. Jesus looked through the annuals of time and he saw everything that was burnt down. He saw everything we lost that Adam gave all of us. And he says, I'm going to tell you something I'm going to do for you. I'm going to do for you something nobody else to do. I'm going to give you the beauty of my son and his redemption. And all I'm asking you to do is exchange with me and give me your ashes. We would be foolish to not do this. I'll give you beauty for ashes. You ready for this? I'll give you the oil of what? joy for mourning what weeping for more no the oil of joy for my crying who's gonna who's gonna exchange that he says i will he says i will so i'll give you watch this beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning and then he says this lastly he says i'll give you this is christ i'll give you the garment of praise and all i want you to give me is to give me your garment of heaviness So Christ comes to the world and he says, let me exchange my garment for your garment, my righteousness for your unrighteousness, my joy for your weeping, my beauty for your ashes. Come on now. My justification for your condemnation, my security for your insecurity, my forgiveness for all of your sin. Who would say, no, I think I'm going to keep this. Thank you guys. That's why the Christian life is not just about a change life. Come on. You can join the Kiwanis Club and get your life changed. I'm talking about an exchange life. We should sing a song. I'll trade these ashes in for beauty. I'll wear forgiveness like a crown. Paul wrote to the church in Galatians, and he said this. He said, it is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. For the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul said he gave himself for me why would he do that why would he do that it doesn't make sense why would he do that did he not know what he was getting from me maybe Jesus was not aware of how much ashes I actually had maybe he was not aware of how many tears I was actually crying he didn't know how much mourning I had huh maybe he didn't know how heavy Matthew my heaviness actually was or maybe he actually did Maybe he actually did. Maybe he actually did. Listen to this, man. I've been crucified with Christ, which is crazy for Paul to say that because Paul never met Jesus. How were you crucified? when well, you weren't even there. You weren't even, at, you weren't even at Golgotha when the man died. He said, not nah, by way of revelation, though. I recognize something. That guy on that cross, he was never unrighteous that guy on that cross he never did anything worthy of being condemned that guy on the cross never even sinned so death legally didn't have a right to him that guy on the cross he never had anything in his life reduced to ashes really that was me and Paul by way of revelation and wisdom said I see now that the cross that Jesus was on that was really supposed to be for me Jesus did not just die for us he died as us in the same way Adam embodied all of humanity Jesus comes as the last Adam as the one perfect human and he says Abba I will become like them in every way So 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says that he who knew no sin, meaning he never never partook of sin. He never intimately did it. He never lost his attitude in such a way that he would sin. He who knew no sin yet became sin for us, that we through him might now become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't have a righteousness that's similar to God's. You are as righteous as God himself because you wear as a robe the righteousness of God now in Christ Jesus. And this, friends, is the gospel. And it is so simple, it takes church to complicate it. It's so simple, it takes religion to complicate it. This is the message of the cross. I don't even even live my life. I don't even live my life. I've been crucified with Christ. You ready for this? But it's no longer I who lives, but now Christ lives in me. In the life that I'm now living in my body, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And let me tell you the next verse that you never heard a pastor read to you. The very next verse says this, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through keeping the law, then Christ Jesus died in vain. But if righteousness comes, if this exchange life comes to me seeing you and saying, that is the way. He said, we found something. Come on, stand to your feet with me. We found something. That's why I sing this, Taylor. It's Christ alone, the cornerstone. The weak made strong In the Savior's love And through the storms He is Lord He's Lord of all In Christ alone the cornerstone, the we may strong in the Savior's love and through the storms He is Lord, He is Lord. Of all it's not through us. It's not through works that any man should boast. You know what Paul would write to the church in Rome? He would say, if he quickens your mortal body, in your mortal body. I want to tell you something. You don't go to heaven when you die. You go to heaven when you fully become alive. I don't, you, don't, you don't need this in your immortal body. I need it now in my mortal body. I need it on my nine to five when my boss is crazy. I need it on my nine to five. I need it in my house, and my kids dropping Legos everywhere, and I'm dropping, I'm stepping on them, and I want to say things that are not righteous. I need it when I'm looking at gas prices, and I, now, do I buy gas or do I pay my utility bill? Now, you know, you ready, you ready for this one? Do I give an offerings or do I? Come on. <laughs> willing to really let go of some things I learned that really didn't benefit me anyway and embrace something that is 10,000 times more true over here I'm telling you something this yoke is heavy shoot this burden is so heavy you find no rest for your soul over here over here come to me all you Matthew 11 28, 29, 30. Come unto me, every one of you who've been striving and laboring under the law. That's what he was talking about. He said, come to me. Take my yoke upon you, my way of teaching, and wear it. And you're going to find something. My yoke is what? Easy. And my burden is what? Light. And you will find rest to your souls. Jesus, I want you to know something today. Your identity is so secure in Christ. And exchanges happen whether you know it or not. But once you become exposed to truth, you'll never be unexposed again. And once the mind has been stretched according to the gospel, you can never fit it back into those regular paradigms. Have you ever stretched a sock, putting it on a sock? And you put it on, just fall back down, you put it on, fall back down? Once your mind gets exposed to the gospel, I'm telling you, it ain't never going back. Now you can try to go back and live over here. Let me tell you what that's called. Frustrating. If you're in this room today and you've never received the life of Christ, you've never partook of this great exchange, I would love to lead you in that today. If you're in here and you don't know Christ as Savior, you don't even know him as Lord because you haven't been what Paul called awakened to righteousness, I have really good news for you today. A path has already been laid for you. A life has already been chosen for you. You simply need acknowledgement to benefit from it. If that's you, and you would love to receive the life of Christ today, would you just extend your hand? And that life is available to you. Anybody at all. I want to make sure that I miss nobody in there. Thank you, Jesus. Then here's what I want to do. I want to take 60 seconds and we're done. I want you just to ponder the beauty of the exchange life. And is there something over here, the list could have kept going, but is there something over here you're holding on to that is stopping you from grasping what the exchange was all about? I want to take 60 seconds and I want you to rest in that truth for a moment. What is it? Anything at all. Anything at all. Anything at all. As you ponder, remember these from today. The exchange life was meant for you to live every day of your life. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.